So I'm very excited today for the automated series because I'm with Sibylla Lorem and she is a spiritual life coach. And she's also a lady of many, many other talents. We're just having some very wild discussions beforehand. But firstly, thanks so much for, for taking the time today. I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and no, it's been, it's really awesome to have you. And for those who don't know you and what you do and what you're all about, give everyone just a quick uh, introduction to yourself, who you are. You, I obviously mentioned the spiritual life coaching, but also where you kind of are coming from, the things you're interested in, who you're working with. And yeah, I'll leave it to you from there. Wow. Um, okay. So my as as you said, my name is Sabella Lorem. Um, people call me Bella, but I, I started off as a um uh, I've, I've always worked in care. I spent my whole life working in care and I always wanted to be a counselor, a drug counselor initially. Mm. Um, but I, I spent years working with autistic adults and learning difficulties and a lot of adults that had been um sectioned most of their life. And were released into care in the community when Thatcher brought out this this care in the community thing. Then I progressed to seven years social services, working as a child uh, intervention officer, working with extreme crisis intervention. So being called out in the middle of the night to deal with with issues. Um, and during this whole time, I've been training in counselling and various courses and therapy and self harming and drug addiction and I don't know I've, I've dozens of things over the years. But I was born with a gift of mediumship. I've been able to see spirit and hear spirit since I was, since I can remember, five, I guess. Mm. And uh, I used to tell my father about the people that used to come and visit me in my bedroom on the way to primary school. And he <laughs> that would must say have been to an me, honey. Yeah, well, I was very close to my father, and I was lucky that I had a father with a very open mind. Um, yeah. And I grew up in a Christian family. We were all Christians, and we all, most of us went to church. I wouldn't say we were really, really strong you know Christians but we certainly have the we work the Christian ethics shall we say and uh, my grandmother was bless her so uh, he used to say to me we'll pray don't worry sweetheart the dead can't hurt you and he taught me the Lord's Prayer and probably the Lord's Prayer on the way to school on the way to primary school every morning mm. uh, which is quite a long prayer to learn when you're five six years of age you know so um it's, first, it, it's first kind of yeah thing you like kind of long form thing you've been introduced to yeah, that was my first sort of prayer, and and I was very proud that when I hit secondary school and divinity class, uh, I was the only child there in the class that knew, knew the prayer back to back. But uh, anyway, it, it was to protect me, and he said, you know, when you're scared or frightened, just ask Jesus' help and say the Lord's Prayer. And that is how my spiritual life started, went from sort of Christianity, my grandmother and my father taking me to church and praying to, to Jesus and God, all of a sudden it was going into the spiritual realm, more mm -hmm. to do with you know the fact that hang on a minute the dead do walk the earth and they do try and reach out to us mm. so um for years i tried to repress it um and then eventually it was made clear that i wasn't allowed to repress it and i started to become self-employed and do counseling which developed from uh counseling that you're taught at college to spiritual counseling so spirit started to speak through me Mm. Uh, not directly I get sort of messages and I would say I understand that you have a drink problem and the person would be like how would you possibly know that yeah and I know well I'm being told that you have a drink problem and I'm being told that it runs in your family your grandfather died of alcoholism that like, I'm giving this as an example mm. and it kind of this became counseling but it was spiritual counseling it wasn't done from textbook and what I learned at college it was done spirit telling me what mm. this person needed help with um, so I went from being a psychic medium tarot card reader to predicting people's futures, 
to becoming a spiritual life coach mm. and still predicting their future, but helping them with their issues along the way. And, and, and that, that to me is the difference from a psychic medium that goes, yeah, you're, you're going to get married and have six kids and you'll be divorced by the time, you know, and all that paraphernalia. Mm. This is very much more encompasses spiritualism, health, healing, God, uh, and, and, and guiding these people and making them aware that, that there's a lot more to life than, than just what they think there is. And life does go on after death and that your family are around you all the time, your loved ones on the other side are around you all the time. Uh, and I am now learning Steps to Knowledge by Marshall Van Summers, which is a page a day book on spiritualism, knowledge, and how to become uh, enlightened and, and basically a better person, I guess. Yeah. How long ago did you kind of officially decide, okay, the direction I want to start going in is spiritual life coaching? Um, last year, I was psychic, I was psychic surveillor, international psychic medium for years. My business, my office was doing really well. I have a, a very lot of clients that have been with me for years now. Mm. Um, I must be doing something right because they come back and say, oh, everything you said came true. Yeah. You know, my husband was having an affair. I did get married. I, you know, and I did, I did have, you know, I, I, I mean, I see cancer. I see all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I warn people, I say, you need to go and have a, a test um because i'm being told that you have problems with cancer and mm. that sort of thing um so that it just kind of it, i think spirit guided me that way spirit, mm. god god kind of let me know uh spirit let me know in no uncertain terms that they wanted me to lose the name psychic sabella mm. and use the name sabella lorum and encompass more spiritualism and and this step to knowledge uh with it so leave behind the psychic side of stuff I mean, I'm still, I still predict things, but I, I, I want people, I'm becoming more of a teacher. Yeah. But what I'm seeing so, already for like consistently since the get go, you've always had this overarching, um, like an overarching story of you want to help people. And it's just kind of changed in various ways along the journey, which reminds me a lot of someone else um, I spoke to not too long ago. She was working in the medical field, also like, 20 years working as a nurse and helping people in various ways and then it's just changed now as she's doing life coaching almost the same with you it's you're doing right. counseling which is uh, not formal but it's like you're in a center you're working with people in like a more formal situation and it's just changed how you're helping people now very much so now i, I, I would say the difference is i'm spirit-led now before i was i was led by my own wanting to help people because it's yeah what I've always wanted to do and what I've always naturally done as a child. I've always been a storyteller and I've always been a, uh, one for teaching people, um, but, but not in the conventional way. Even as a child, when I was a child, the younger children would gather with me and listen to them. And I've always sort of been able to hold uh, other people's attention. And it's just something that comes naturally to me. And, and you know, I, I, I did psychiatric nursing for a while. I worked in a secure unit working with teenagers that have suffered from schizophrenia and psychos psychosis. I was only a, a nursing assistant, but I was looking into becoming a psychiatric nurse. And I thought, no, I want to be a social worker. Yeah. Then I did seven years working as a social worker, crisis intervention worker assistant. And I had the opportunity to become a social worker, qualified. I went through all the rigmarole and I thought, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be a counsellor. I always wanted to be a drug counsellor, but that was long before. And then, no, I don't want to do that. I want to, and it just, I've just progressed and progressed and, and I've sort of put my uh, toe in a few ponds and, and experienced it and then thought, no, 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 this isn't quite right. And, and now I think I've finally found my niche, but that is because 
spirit led. You know, they've, they've told me in no uncertain terms that you have chosen this lifetime to do this. And what you've done thus far has just been a, a learning curve. Now you need to learn uh, why you're really here. Mm. So apparently why I'm really here, I believe, I'm still not entirely sure, is um, to, to guide and teach people about what's coming, the future of our planet, the future of the world, and um, that there is a lot more to the spirit realm than people think. We've got to get out of this box of this is it. Yeah. You know, we've got to get past our own ego. We've got to get past the uh, I need to get married, have kids, have a house, have a mortgage. You know, there is so much more to life than materialist stuff. And, and we are, we are, we have the average person on this planet has absolutely no idea how vast the universe is and, and how much our life changes when we move on. We go home, we die and we go home, we go back to where we came from. Yeah, but I think a, a, big, a big lesson for like in what you were saying now, exactly how things like you've changed on your journey, you've gotten guidance from other places or you felt kind of, um, these enlightened kind of moments of like, oh, I actually need to go in this more direction. I think that's a big theme I've seen speaking to a lot of people. And it's important, I think, for people watching who want to potentially go in this direction of helping others, working with people in various ways in that it can change. It doesn't have to yes. be the same way the entire journey as you change on your journey and what feels good to you. That can change and you potentially need to follow that and just means you help people in a slightly different way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in Steps to Knowledge, uh, the recent step that I did, uh, you do a step every day. Um, and one of them was um, you, you need to be a follower to become a leader. So I have to follow spiritual knowledge and I have to follow the steps that, that, that have been shown to me so that I can lead others to do the same. Interesting. So, could you, yeah. could you explain that a bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a student. I'm still very much a student. But I, I think what I think what the, the, the particular step is trying to say that I need to trust knowledge um, and, and this gift that God gives all of us, but it has to be ignited, it has to be, uh, you know, set alight, otherwise it lays dormant in us. And, and with knowledge, you learn to trust um, it and it stops you from being, it stops you from being egotistical, it stops you from um, wanting things that just aren't important mm. you know I mean I myself want to all it's too complicated to explain I'm not really I'm I've got at least another three months to go yeah. so I'm, I'm I'm not entirely sure I'm ready quite there to explain it just yet yeah. um yeah. but let, let's just say that it's it's about uh ceasing to be um ambivalent and 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 uh trusting knowledge and being able to make decisions that are right for everybody you know, um, there's always going to be someone that's going to lose out in a decision. If there's a difficulty or a problem, someone is always going to be at the end, at, you know, the losing end of the decision in their opinion. Yeah. When you have knowledge with you, they're not at the losing end. They just think they are because of their ego or for whatever reason. But in reality, because you've made a decision through knowledge, it actually will work out beneficial for everybody. It's just that person at that time might not see it. Yeah. Interesting. I actually, I interpret that in almost like a way like this, that when you kind of make a, a polarizing decision, almost a, a polarizing thought that there will be people that it doesn't suit, like they're no longer a good fit and maybe they get angry about that, but it's actually a positive. They know that what you're offering or the way you're approaching things wouldn't have got them to where they want to go. So it's almost a positive that you're being. Yeah, positive. yeah. 
that's a good way of looking at it. I think I read somewhere Nelson Mandela um, uh, said, um, I, I don't quote literally because I can't remember the quote literally. I have written it down somewhere. But I mean, um, he, he says, you know, sometimes as a leader, you have to make a decision people don't like mm. and that people are going to oppose. And the worst part is that the decision might not show itself as positive for many years to come. Mm. Sometimes even after the person that's made the decision's demise. Yeah, you know, but that person that's made the decision knows it's the right decision. And even if they die in the next 10 years and the decision doesn't come to 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 show in another 20, they will die knowing they've made the right decision. Yeah. Something I'm quite curious about is because you mentioned you've been in this space for so long of helping people in various ways. Have you have you always almost been known as that person that people potentially come to you with questions or have felt okay to tell you stories or ask your opinion on things? Is there always. a kind of pattern there a little bit? Always, always. Like I said, ever since I was a child, always, always, always. Even at primary school, when we were kept in, when it was raining outside, I can remember being sat on the desks telling ghost stories and because, I mean, ghost stories were a big deal to me because I was forever seeing the dead, you see. So I was forever telling all these stories. Um, but, um, of course, yeah, people often always used to come to me. Um, and, and it's just always been that way, friends, strangers. Um, you know, it's, it's, they'll come to, I mean, I've had people come to me, ring me up, talk to me to offload, and then not speak to me again for another five or six years. You know, not because they don't want to, but their life goes on. They just, they just think, I need to speak to Bella. Bella can, you know, and they'll ring and I'll spend hours offloading up tears or whatever men included i might add this is it's mm. not a, just a female yet yet thing i've had plenty of, of men come to me for help um and then it's like oh thanks bella you're brilliant we must go out for a drink sometime yeah okay give me a ring yeah okay bye and that's it you don't see them again yeah. till the next problem but I'm, I'm okay with that that that's fine um and but yeah people know on some level they seem to know to come to me yeah i mean were you were you quite like almost conscious of that and did that kind of influence your decision of like oh maybe I should be making helping people my thing yeah yeah that's why I always wanted to be a counsellor mm. and um you know I, I specifically wanted to be a drug counsellor because I lost a friend to drugs when I was 21 yeah and he was 21 and it, it really hit me quite bad uh all of us really badly actually and it would do but um I was I was in Israel at the time. I lived in Israel for a year and um, my friends contacted me to say, oh, he might died. And it, it, it was difficult because I couldn't get funeral because I was, you know, in another country. Mm. And uh, I managed to get home the day of the funeral. But I missed the funeral in the morning, but managed to wake in the evening. And it really wanted, I just thought, well, I want to be a counsellor, but now I want to be a drugs counsellor. I want to mm. stop this happening to anybody else. And that's kind of where it, it went, you know. And then I wanted to be a social worker. I always wanted to be a social worker or a counsellor. It was one of the more so a social worker to start with until my friend died. And then I wanted to be a drug counsellor. Yeah. So I think his death is what triggered the, the counselling. Up until his death, I wanted to be a social worker. And I ended up kind of doing both. Yeah. But again, it's like that overarching theme of you always wanted or had always wanted to be helping people in some way. And then yeah. the event comes up that almost creates the fork of like, okay, I think that's the direction I'm going to go. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah. But still with that overarching theme. Yeah, and children. I, I love children. I've, I've always, I don't have any of my own, but I, I've always loved children and animals. And, uh, but I was very drawn to helping children, which I think is why I wanted to work as a social worker. Mm. I wanted to, to, you know, work specifically with young kids and help them. And um, when I was at primary school, we had a children's home in the village where I grew up. Mm -hmm. 
So a lot of the time, the kids that were temporarily at Olin's would come to my school for however long they were at the children's home. So I, I spent a lot of time with kids at school that, that were in care because of various things. Uh, maybe that's what triggered my need to work in, in caring the kids. Um, but of course, I, I, you know, I had the opportunity. Social services were going to pay for me to do my, my degree in social working. So I already had a foundation degree. I just need to top it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came very close, but then I didn't. I thought, no, I'm not. I've done my seven years bit. I'm not sure I want to actually make this my career. Yeah. Um, I even looked into being a probation officer. Probation. Um, you know, yeah, probation, oh, wow. probation officer or oh, parole pro- officer. Did you say cremation? I was like, oh no, 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 probation, oh, as in okay. parole and probation. Yeah, I went for the interview. That was a huge rule. You had to fill out an application form like a book, you know, and uh, yeah. give the. I mean, it's it's always been in me to do some work, you know, whether it's probation, social working, psychiatric nursing, drug counselling, child abuse. Um, But it's always been quite extreme. You know, I've always wanted to work in the extreme areas. Yeah, no, I think it's um, already enjoying discussing this aspect of it because there are probably many people who are going to see this and maybe they're already in a certain uh, form of helping others or they're thinking about it. And I think these type of stories are really useful because they potentially start to think, oh, I have people always coming to me in this way. Maybe that's the direction I can go. Or like trusting that that instinct, kind of like as you did, like, oh, this happened with my friend. I think I want to go in the direction of helping people with addiction. And then with the kids, like, oh, I always felt this need to help kids in some way because of that um, those events when I was growing up at school and everything like that. Each um, so when you were working as the drunk counselor, I imagine you were in like a more formal setting. Same with the social working. When did you decide to go kind of off on your own? Was that mostly with the spiritual life coaching, or have you all almost always been in like a semi-formal setting? No, I was always in a semi-formal. I had a career, and I was always in a. I mean, I worked for a while in a halfway house for men that have done very long prison sentences. Mm-hmm. like the murder and things like this and um, I did a bit of drug counseling then and key working it was called where you work you're allocated to certain um, people and, and you help them yeah. and um, I I did that for a while and I that's when I wanted to get into probation and I, I don't know it's, it's like I I've always been career-minded it was always about career pension and and helping people but obviously getting a, a pension and life and setting myself up so I can retire one day yeah. um it, it had a bit of a no it was never at that point I don't think it was about spiritualism it, it was just about helping healing caring getting career and living my life yeah. and then all of a sudden I I started to my psychic uh, I kept trying to suppress my psychic gift and it, it was just coming to the forefront all the time. I was seeing things. I was waking up in the middle of the night with people at the end of my bed beds and people sitting on my bed and I was having dreams and messages in my dreams. And mm-hmm. I, I, um, I was sat in a pub with my sister. We used to meet every Thursday for lunch in Harpenden in Hertfordshire where I lived with her. And we would, I was telling her about some dreams I was having. I mean, my whole family knew about my psychic stuff. It, we, I shared a bedroom with her, so every, yeah. you know, it was a given sort of thing. And I was telling her about some dreams I had, and she said, you know, you really should pursue this. And I'm like, well, where would I go? I wouldn't even know how to start. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I was thinking career, not, not the spirit. And she said, well, maybe you should get a deck of tarot cards. Tarot cards. And I said, oh, you know, and cutting the story short, the bartender and bar landlord actually was listening to our conversation. We were there every Thursday, and so he knew us. 
And he just came over and he plonked this deck of tarot cards on the bar and he said, you can have these, Bella, if you want. Amazing. And my sister and I looked at each other like, whoa. And I'm, and I'm like, what? what? He said, I hope you don't mind. I was I was earwigging, he said, but my wife and me have split up and she left these behind when she walked out and I was going to throw them away. He said, listening to you and your sister, I, I thought I'd offer them to you. Mm. And that was my introduction to tarot. Um, so I started to study tarot, which enhanced my psychic side and my mediumship side. Mm. And before I knew it, I was charging 15 pounds an hour Mm. for a very ropey reading <laughs> with a very inexperienced tarot reader and 30 years later I'm charging six pounds an hour and I um, I'm a very advanced tarot card reader I, I teach tarot as well mm. and my medium skills just went off, off the scale and the more I use them the more the more more that came in the more that came in you know it's you, yeah. it's like passing your driving test you the test is just the beginning of learning to drive you know you pass your test then you learn to drive yeah and um, because you pass those first few things even more things you didn't even realize start coming to yeah. you like, oh, start thinking about it in a different way etc yeah 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 so and then it just it escalated and escalated and escalated and then 30 years down the line uh my father who's been in spirit for 30 years uh came to see me last year i think it was beginning of last year might have been the year before Mm -hmm. anyway he came to see me and, and I often wondered my family always says does dad ever come and see you I said no never just dad you know I, I hear all the dead speaking to me but my late father never never came to see me it turns out he did it turns out he was always with me yeah. I just couldn't see him yeah. or he chose for me not to see him maybe I think possibly he thought I'd find it too upset I don't anyway he he made himself known to me and he said um the, the God has plans for you and and um, you know you're to, to remain humble and you're you're to have humility and you're to uh, to to help people in another way mm. and um, you know th this isn't about arrogance, career, money. This isn't about materialism or wealth or fame or any of that paraphernalia. This is about healing, helping, and guiding. And um, I'm here to to help you on that path. So all of a sudden, psychic Sabella was put on the back burner. Mm knowledge was brought to my attention and i'm now known as sabella lorem life coaching spiritual life coaching amazing so with so that change yeah. each time were you able to kind of carry over some of your the people you've been working with or when you made this transition to spiritual life coaching how did you kind of get those first few people that you were working with i think that's it um, that that had already sort of kind of come into its own naturally because I've got counselling experience, because of all my experience of psychiatric nursing and narcissism and all this, all the different jobs that I've had over the years in different areas of mental health and drug abuse and physical health and addiction and you know, you name it. Um, I had such a wealth of knowledge and such a wealth yeah. of experience that it kind of naturally progressed. Mm. So I might turn around to somebody in a reading and say, I, I hate, I, I feel that possibly your husband's a narcissist. And they'd be like, what's that? So yeah. I would lend them books or I give them a reading list and I give them a lecture on narcissism and I tell them to Google certain pages and I, I, I tell them books to buy or I might even give them books or lend them books. And um, it, it kind of, uh, then they come back and say, oh my word, I've been married to a narcissist for 50 years and I didn't know it. Yeah. I didn't even know what a narcissist was, you know? And, and so I'd enlighten them, I'd educate them, I'd teach them. And that's spiritual life coaching mm. as well as, uh, you know it's it's not counseling really you're coaching them you're you're uh, you're teaching them you're informing them you're giving them the tools to help themselves 
Mm, uh, and that's just one example, you know, then there are examples of addiction, gambling addiction, I deal with uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, abuse, people have been abused and don't even know they're being abused. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they'll tell me. Yeah, so you've obviously had, um, you've got your online presence and everything, but it sounds like a lot of it has come just from the relationships you've had over all the years and the people yeah, jobs. Know, and they've gotten to know you. Yeah, yeah. So each job that I've had has been so varied. I mean, autism, uh, learning behavior, um, then it goes on to mental health, then it goes on to uh, schizophrenia, cluster B personality disorders, drug addiction, probation, working with grown men that have done 10, 20, 30 years inside for murdering, murdering and then working with them. I mean, I used to have to sleep over the night at the weekend and run the house and give out the medication. And I was on my own with like 15 men. Uh, who, who some of which were highly dangerous. But of course, back then in the early 90s, you didn't have the rules and regulations like you do now. Yeah. Now there's a lot more, I it wouldn't be allowed. You wouldn't be able to leave a, a, a young 30 year old girl in a house full of 15 dangerous men on her own giving out medication. Now you've got to have a certificate and, a, um, and some sort of um, training in giving medication. You know, you can't just willy nilly say, here's the key to the cabinet, give, give the old boys their meds on Saturday morning, we'll see you Monday, bye. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's the laws have changed a lot. But I mean, when I started out, it was, yeah, I, I was in some pretty vulnerable situations. Yeah, I was just going to um, say, it sounds like a very, in, obviously you're helping the people, but it sounds like it's also a very intense situation for you to always be around on your conscience, almost in your, like your nervous system. Do you have kind of any tips for people who might be working also in quite like high intense environments like that? Like how you kind of keep yourself like balanced and quite uh, like how, how do you yourself. yourself kind of yeah yeah definitely just be yourself they i i just try and be yourself because i feel that um i was never afraid actually i, I never felt frightened i i never felt intimidated or afraid because there's there's always one or two of men that would look out for you and that would have your back yeah. so if there was a dodgy uh client there and there have there were a few that the others would look after you, you know, that there is, it's, it's pack mentality. You're always going to get somebody in a pack that has your back. Yeah. Um, and it's just the way of the world, you know, you'd be very, very unlucky to be in a group of people where even the worst person hasn't got some form of conscience, yeah. you know, so, so uh, and be yourself. People, especially people that have been locked away for a long time, they, they don't want pity. They, they don't want you to pretend to be someone you're not. They just want yeah. you to be you and to accept them for being them. You know, they're, they're not, they're not aliens. They're not different from us. They're just people that have made bad decisions, bad mistakes, and have, have had to be locked away for it. And, and they've done their time and now they want to come out and get on with their life and be treated like anybody else. Yeah. I, I feel like you yeah. carry that authenticity as well into every aspect that you work with people, even now with the, the life coaching is that. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. focus on. Yeah, try, I try to be natural. I try to be myself. I try to be humble. I mean, there are times when I sometimes think maybe I, I need to wind my neck in a little bit. I don't like to come across as being arrogant or conceited, mm. but it, there's a thin line between teaching and, and showing what you know and giving yeah. people confidence in you. Or oh, her, she might be able to help me. And being a, oh, look at me. I've done all this. I know everything. You know, you I don't know everything. <laughs> far from it and yeah. and, and I, I certainly um i have a lot more to learn i probably will leave this life 
having a lot more to learn again there's no probably about it I will um but but you know I, I do have to sometimes remind myself to ground myself and, and and say well you don't know everything Bella you're still learning yourself yeah um but but yeah it, it's about I find being myself being as natural as I can uh is helpful yeah. you know if I if I try to be tend to be something I'm not try to think I know more about something than I do it, it doesn't end well doesn't bode well yeah and but people I, see it people know you know yeah that's definitely people can tell when something's incongruent but I think there's a really good uh, like lesson in there is that if you like you said you don't want to come across as like arrogant or pushy but like if you know what you know like if you're confident in the knowledge you've experienced you do need a not push, but you do need to be a bit hard sometimes. Be like, hey, look, this is how it is. And this, I've seen this over years and years and years. Like, so trust what I'm saying, type of thing. Yeah, be assertive, I think, isn't it? It's yeah. Be assertive. I mean, it's like earlier on when you asked me about um, when I was talking about steps to knowledge, I, I could have, I could have winged it. You know, I probably could have winged it and come out with what I think it means. But then I thought, no, I'm not going to do that because I, I'm not confident enough to be, to, to be recorded saying, this yeah. for other people to watch and think wow you know um i don't want to be teaching stuff that isn't isn't real and i'm, I'm not 100 percent confident yet so my integrity and the knowledge in me said mm. to me yeah no i can't i can't re you know explain any more than i have because i'm i'm not that educated on it just yet yeah but That's i will be awful yeah <laughs> saying to someone like i actually don't like i don't feel comfortable giving my thought on this or i just don't know because people then know yeah. you're not just bullshitting and you're not kind of yeah. trying to always seem right you're just like hey i just don't know on this thing but i do know these things yeah 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 and i mean that's why i'm learning to try and find out i mean steps and knowledge is a very personal thing and, and um, even when i finished it i'm going to go straight back to the beginning and redo it yeah. because it's one of those things you can do again and again and again and each time you do it you learn wow now i get it oh okay the penny's dropped um so and we all learn at different levels and at different speeds um, but, you know, there would have been a time when I might have winged that and um, my ego would have wanted me to sound like I knew what I was talking about. But because of knowledge, steps to knowledge, and because of enlightenment, I don't want to work with my ego anymore. You know, I want to work with knowledge. So I'm like, no, I don't know. Sod my ego. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> so, think yeah. a, I think that's a brilliant um, also kind of point and kind of takeaway to start wrapping up on is, are you just saying like, you need to be authentic and also just always be learning. Like there will be things you aren't confident on and you don't have to be assertive on those things, but the things you do, yeah, you push on them. You, you might be in these situations. You just be like, Hey, I don't want to be pushy, but this is what I know. I think that's a great yeah. takeaway to, to end the session on. So if, yeah. people, if people want to find out more about what you do, or they want to send some questions away or work with you a little bit with what you're doing, what's like the best way for people to, to connect with you? Uh, so I have a website that's been around for years and it is www.sabellalorum.com. Uh, www mm, amazing. And, um, you know, you can find me or just put in my name, Sabella, on the internet. I'm all over the internet. I've Google pages and various other people have written about me and I'm, I don't know, just working my name. I pop up somewhere. My telephone number, my email addresses are all over the internet. Uh, but you must get my name spelt right, S-Y-B-E-L-L-A. People tend to use, spell it wrong and then they won't find me. Yeah, so it's an unusual. And everything. Yeah, yeah. Or S I S A. Uh, you know, I even get Isabella. People, I, people will look up Isabella. It's like, no, it's Sabella. Sabella, yeah. not Isabella. 
Yeah, not we'll, we'll put the link and everyone will be like, okay, that's the one. Wonderful. And then they can find me through there. They can ring me and they can read up on me and, and whatever. But I mean, I, I, um, you know, I, I like to think that, that people aren't to worry about the, the money situation either, because I, I do offer free advice and I offer free readings and, and, and this isn't about the money anymore. It was once, but it's not anymore. You know, uh, I've been taught from the powers that be, um, you know, the God and the knowledge and, and uh, Jesus and all the rest of them have, have taught me that, you know, you've got to come away from the materialistic side of things. It's not about money anymore. Obviously, I need to earn money to live, but I don't want people to think, well, I can't, hell, I can't afford that. Yeah. You know, well, hell, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not paying that. You know, um, if, if people need my help and they're in, in, a, in dire straits and poverty or what have you, I will still help. Yeah, no, that's Gladly. amazing. And I definitely think it shows that constant theme and overarching that you've had in your life of just wanting to help people. And yeah, I think that's, I think people are definitely going to learn a lot from the long journey you've had in helping in various ways and it's good takeaways there. So yeah, I really yeah, want to thank yeah. you again for your time today. Great, great. And can I just say, tell people to go on to Quora. On Quora? You, yeah, Quora. It's a really good site. Spirit put me on to Quora. And it's a really good site. And there are a lot of people on there that have a lot more knowledge than myself about everything and anything. So mm. uh, it's free and it's it really is a good site. So if there's anybody out there that, that wants to be anonymous and maybe just like write questions and say, can anybody answer this? Mm. Quora is a really good place to start. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always got to keep learning. That's a big, big takeaway. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you very much anyway. Same to you. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Automator series as much as I enjoyed having it. And there are two things I want you to do now. I want you firstly to follow me on YouTube, get that subscription in because you're going to see all the new episodes popping up in that case and you can stay on top of the series. And the second thing is I want you to reach out to me. If uh, anything we discussed on the episode today resonated with you in regards to potentially taking a jump into an online spiritual coaching business or you really have a business and you're wanting to grow that out and you're feeling like you could be impacting a lot more lives but you don't quite have the time right now you don't quite have the freedom you wanted and you don't quite have those systems in place i want you to reach out to me to no pressure no strings attached send me a message on facebook linkedin email whatever you prefer and we can just have a conversation and a bit of a back and forth in regards to where you're at what you're looking for, and how I might be able to help you impact more lives with what you're doing.